Welcome to the Hockey Players Club podcast. Brought to you by HockeyPlayersClub.com, where hockey players from around the world connect for one-of-a-kind content and quality products at unbeatable prices. Like the brand new HPC X1X hockey stick, made of 100% 18K diamond light carbon fiber, completely redesigned and only weighing 375 grams, the X1X delivers all the performance and durability of the most elite sticks on the market, but for $100 less. See what this man thinks. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the Hockey Players Club podcast. We got Kits back in the mix. Rubio, Schwartz, Cuss. Present. Ready to talk, ready to talk <laughs> Stanley Cup finals, gentlemen. Yeah. Good to be back with you boys. Uh, I did want to make a couple comments. I did listen to the last podcast. Okay. Um, oh, shit. So, it was way so, better, don't you think? Uh, no, it was definitely missing some intelligence, for sure. <laughs> I, I would say that, first of all. Uh, also, as I've said to you guys many times, and it says right on my koozie here, it is not a dad bod, it is a father figure. Touche. Do not appreciate the dad bod comments, at least get the terminology right. And lastly... We, we just, yeah, go ahead. Uh... Thank goodness that the trivia section is not called when Cusses, Rubio's, or Schwartz's money. Because holy shit, would you guys be paying out the nose? Would you have got mine? Absolutely. Those Absolutely. Were, <laughs> it was fucking painful to listen to the trivia. When the first question came up, I actually paused it and I was like, all right, let me think. I thought for 20 seconds and I wrote down Cameron, Patrick Waugh, Ken Dry. We knew you would get that. I was like, what the fuck? The next one wrote down 10,000. So it was closer than at least you two schmucks. Yeah, we were. And right then out. on Rubio's question, I knew the answer before he finished reading the question. <laughs> <laughs> he hadn't even gotten through all of his hints, and I was like, that's fucking Fedotenko. <laughs> and these two morons over here. And just to hopefully make you feel a little worse, I gave the trivia questions to Katie. She did great. Oh, uh, great! Yeah. She Dude. didn't get yours, but on the tape, she guessed 5,000 rolls, and she got Ruslan Fedotenko, only took her three guesses, and she didn't need any hints. Okay. That was impressive. Yeah. Well, so you should feel much shit. Well, now that you're back from the glory hole, <laughs> hockey talk. Before we get into the playoffs, boys, we need to talk about, uh, you know, we need to send out a happy belated birthday to Brady Kachuk. I don't know if you guys saw. Two, I think it was two days ago at this point or yesterday. I don't know if he needs our happy birthday to celebrate. Well, <laughs> well, you're right. He celebrated and it looked like an epic celebration. 21st birthday, which... That has to be a little unique for the guy, right? He plays in Ottawa, so he's been legal to drink there since he's been drafted. Yeah. So, like, his normal, like, day-to-day life up there, if he wants to have a beer or anything with dinner. But, of course, we live in the United States where you got to be 21. Yeah, and it's a big deal. Yeah, Obviously. it is a big deal. So, you got to go out and celebrate. So, we were very fortunate. His brother, Matthew Gachuk, documented the damn thing, which I was very surprised to see. Like, when I first went on Instagram, and he's, like, noon. And it shows Brady Kachuk standing on top of a bar and like empty shot glasses next to it. I'm like, oh, where's this going? <laughs> I'm like, Matthew, I don't know if you should be putting this on Instagram, but I like it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, needless to say, 4 p.m., walking out of a bar shirtless. Man, made me want to be young again. Yeah, doing something right. And how awesome, obviously, to be already a stud. You've already played in the All-Star game and getting to go out and just live it up. Well, yeah, I mean... Him and his brother, both all-stars. Right. Out celebrating a 21st birthday. I'm like, come on. 
you know, whenever normal 21st birthdays, you're looking for the uh, dollar beer night somewhere. <laughs> right. So, Buy me a drink, please. <laughs> I right. heard they went to uh, a glory hole in Virginia Beach. Kids, did you see them? No, didn't see them. <laughs> well, you don't see but there the, was a long line. <laughs> and you don't see the customer. <laughs> We're going to wedge that glory hole joke in there fucking somewhere today. <laughs> yeah, we'll bend over and I'll show you. <laughs> But happy belated Brady Kachuk. I just needed to throw that out there before we got into the playoffs because I thought it was. Uh, hey, wish I was there. It looked like a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty lucky they were not in the playoffs right now. I kind of wish it kept going. 4 p.m. You know those guys went probably all night. Oh yeah, that was at the point they were like, okay, after this we can't. <laughs> no <win>. more jumping. <laughs> yeah, we cannot. Like, put my phone. Can't away. Can't be taking pictures at the strip club at 6 p.m. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> When they're still serving lunch. I'm sure it got much wilder from there. Because I I think we've been at almost everybody else's 21st celebration. And those those can get out of hand. They can. Yeah. Now, my true, the night of my 21st birthday. You were uh, in a game, right? Or something like that? Yes. In Dearborn, Michigan. God. Uh, It was like the day after Thanksgiving. It kind of sucked. Although it was the day I scored my first college goal. And then that night. That's sweet. Well, like 21st birthday at midnight. I give credit to the seniors. They asked. They went to the coach's door and knocked on his door earlier in the night and was like, hey, it's Rube's 21st birthday. Can we at least take him to the hotel bar downstairs and get him a beer? Which was, no, you cannot, but our assistant coach can escort you down. So <laughs> I had watched, you know, he, he watched me only have a beer, but it was kind of fit. On the way down the elevator, he's like, Rubio, one beer. That is cool. <laughs> like, All right. So we sit down there, give the bartender my ID. Obviously, she does a double take and is like, oh, okay. So she gives me a beer, and then she comes right around with like a like a trash can almost, like a full drink, and she dropped a shot of like blue vodka in it, and it's like, here you go, happy birthday. And I, I just grabbed it and started sipping on it before like my coach could say anything, and he looked over at him like, hey, it was a gift. What do you want me to do? Penny was a gift, Todd. I'm taking it with me. Let me ask you this: I had this come up on my twenty first. Okay. Got bought a shot, and it was a uh, it was the most disgusting combination of liquor you've ever heard in your life. Oh, like the three wise, like yes, the four yes. horsemen, or something yeah, like yes. that. Yeah. yeah, I got it bought and for me, but they didn't take one with me. That's poor etiquette. Yeah. Is that yes. where your questions going? Yes, is that poor etiquette? It is poor etiquette. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you're purposely ordering something that is disgusting tasting. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. Right. Yeah. I mean, if it's like punishment, a punishment shot, you pay the piper with the man. Makes, yeah. our, makes me think of our boy, Sabo, back at school. He would do that shit all the time. I never forget I told him, like, one night. I was like, and I don't know why I said it, but I was like, I could drink like a fish. He's like, oh, you could drink like a fish. <laughs> Needless to say, at the end of the night, I was face down in a tub of a Chili's chicken Caesar salad that came out <laughs> the other end. Wait, what's it? Wait, what's it? Both ends. Oh, God. Great. Sounds yeah. Great. At least you were in the tub. Oh, baby. <laughs> All right, moving back on. Yeah. We'll get back to hockey. <laughs> Guys, what do we think about that? Dallas over Vegas, 4-1. to one. I got to come out and just give credit to Dallas immediately. I have predicted against them every single series since this <laughs> thing has started. <laughs> okay. So it's got to be fair there, especially Vegas. I mean, such a deep lineup. And they beat them 4-1. to one. Didn't yeah. even go 6 or 7. Yeah. I mean, I, I obviously was on the Vegas train. Like, I picked them to win it all before the whole thing started. And in watching those games, I thought Vegas was the better team the majority of the time. They just couldn't score. Like, it, yeah. that's what it came down to. Hudobin played 
amazing, mm-hmm. fantastic MVP for sure. I think he's got to be like the leader for the Con Smythe as of right now. And you you do have to give Dallas credit because they did what they do best, which is sit back, defend, and yep. just try to get that timely scoring. And that's how it worked out. And I, I think they had at least a couple overtime wins, right? Certainly the last mm-hmm. game. Um, so this was close. This really could have gone other way. Like there was a lot of posts. There was a lot of just deflections that just missed wide or caught like a guy um, standing right in front and didn't go in. So, hey, full credit to Dallas. Uh, you know, they, they did what they did best. And, hey, maybe they can do it again to, uh, to Tampa in the next round. What do you think about DeBoer has made comments saying that, like, because, you know, Vegas has had a pretty good offense up until this series, but claims that he thinks their team was a little mentally shaken after Thatcher Demko you know, uh, kind of had his way with him in what game five and six, and then really game kinda, seven too. Yeah, yeah game seven kind of shut her down, and he said it kind of like it, it, he kind of made it sound like he ra- it rattled the team. Thatcher Demko, <laughs> to which I'm sitting there, I'm like, well, your team sounds soft as baby shit, sir. <laughs> if that's <laughs> rattling, been to a Stanley you. Cup with like the same group. I mean, yeah, I don't know, and I mean they were creating a lot of offense too yeah. the whole series, like you said. Yeah, but damn, Kudobin, I think he did 950 save percentage. Yeah, that's you crazy. can't write this story too. Yeah, and it's not like uh, you know they were rattled, so their shots were off, so they weren't able to score. They're putting pucks on net, and Kadobin did a really good job of stopping yeah. them. Uh, he's, I agree with you, Kyle. Like he's the greatest story I think in the playoffs right now. Last week we talked about how he played some games in the coast and yeah. in 08, and he's a little bit of a journeyman. I don't know if you guys saw the uh, locker room afterwards where they yeah, call him the fucking awesome machine. machine, and then he's like, we're not going home. Yeah. <laughs> that was that. great. That was like perfectly out of a fucking movie because they hand him the chain, he takes a couple steps and then just stops and looks back and <laughs> delivers the line. Like, that was perfect. And it was like the perfect Russian accent, too, yeah. you know? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm with you. I didn't see this one coming. And like you, I've picked against Dallas, I think, every round. <clears throat> Uh, and the yeah, the surprising thing is in five. Uh, but you know, we posted a blog entry this week about uh, five reasons to root for the Dallas Stars, and there are quite a few that I think are compelling. One is their head coach Rick Rick Bonus, yes, yeah, who uh, has it's been man. you know a head coach and in the, involved in the NHL I think for five decades now. He actually was an assistant of John Cooper's at one point. And uh, everyone seems to talk glowingly about him. Uh, great guy. And is he still the interim coach mm-hmm. at this point? For now, yes. But they basically said, like, it's his job if he wants it. So it's just up to him. Oh, okay. That's Because he's 65 years old. They're like, is he going to want to continue being the head coach? Especially if you could win a cup. I mean, that would be kind of interesting. If he's been in the league this long, he might be like, you know what? This might be a great time to bow out. But I didn't realize this. I actually read this the other day. Rick Bonus is the record holder for most games coached in the NHL. What? As either wow. a head or assistant coach. Ahead of Scotty Bowman. Yeah. Because That's of all old. those games as an assistant. So since Bonus became uh, an NHL coach, either assistant, associate, or head coach, there's only two years he has not coached since then. One was like 93, 94, and the other one was like, one year, like, oh one oh two or something like that. Like, he That's has ridiculous. continually been a coach for decades now. And so he has actually wow. spent the most games behind an NHL bench wow. of anybody. I mean, yeah. You would have thought there would have been an injury in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. that experience level uh, as a coach yeah. is a really big bonus. Yeah. 
That was good. That, that was one, good. That was better. Yeah. Dad slid under the radar. <laughs> that was better. And I wouldn't have picked it up unless you pointed it out. I know the uh, the one on that list that I'm a big fan of is Joe Pavelski, and that's something we talked about. Yep. Episode one, I think. You know, uh, they had some interesting pickups between Corey Perry and Pavelski. Pavelski now, uh, Matt, you posted a stat. He's like a few goals away from being the highest U.S. goal scorer in playoff history. If yep. I'm not I think he's two back, right? Yeah, two Which back. is pretty crazy to think about of Joe Mullen, Joe Mullen correct Mike Madonna is second right correct Joe Mullen has 60 but that'd be a hell of a story a guy that has been battling with San Jose for so long you know yeah. and that cup is eluded and what he I think they've been to two cup finals while he was there obviously uh, we know at least one one against yeah. the Guinos three conference finals okay yeah. oh, it'd yeah, just be a great story to see him take take one home. and he's been oh. having a hell of a playoff too yeah, he leads our team in goals, tied yeah. with uh, Gurianov, I believe. Yeah, he's second Who's... in the uh, playoffs in goal scoring. Which, again, yeah. you you just mentioned him, Gurionov. Yeah, holy hell. Subtle, having a hell of a playoff, and a big reason of why they're where they're at. Big goals, too. Like, yeah. obviously, the last one in overtime. But throughout the entire run here, it, it's times when they got nothing going, and all of a sudden... He's one of the guys that'll pop off and get them back in the game. Before the playoffs started, or let's say before uh, even the conference finals, did you know who Garyanov was? Well, yeah, I did. He did. Before, <laughs> the, playoff, before the playoffs started, yeah. you? Okay. Yeah, I mean, I actually, when I saw the name, I, you know, usually Hockey DB. Yeah. Oh, the 12th overall pick. Wow. And I feel like this playoffs is a springboard for him moving forward. Yeah. He's definitely got the pedigree, and uh, he's putting his, his pedigree – on the ice and showing that he's a legit player at the right time for them, too. What I like with Dallas right now, too, like a lot of the championship teams, is they're getting a lot of this depth scoring. And, like, guys stepping up. Like, Rupe Hintz, he's having a huge playoffs right now. I mean, when I say huge, very productive for a guy. I think he's normally third, fourth, definitely least third line. Yeah, third line. I think he's got already got 12 points or so. Yeah. Blake Como's had some big games for them. Uh Kivaranta, is that how you say it? However yeah, the guy that had the hat trick in game yeah. seven. Yeah, I mean, they're just getting that scoring up and down their lineup. And by the way, we haven't mentioned yet Miro Heiskanen, who leads their team in scoring, who yeah, has dude. been this is such out a beast out yeah. there. Yeah, he's a star. Uh, I would put him, you know, you're right, Kits, now that you've said it, I think Quidovan probably is their leader for the Con Smythe right now. But I would put Miro Heiskanen just a... Oof, just a yeah, hair oh, he's in the top conversation for sure. But, uh, and when you get depth scoring like they have been, a guy like Jamie Ben can slump like he was, mm-hmm. and they can it cannot kill him. Or and Sagan. now and now he's found it a little bit, right. and now he's starting to put some in, and now you're seeing what's happened. But well, that, Ru- that's the Ru- and I, you and I were talking about Tyler Sagan. Yeah, their first line center has two Quiet. goals in the playoffs. Yeah, and so to your point, Cuss, with that depth scoring that can. That can bring the team up while your first line center isn't really producing all that much. Yeah. It's a minus yeah. two in the playoffs. Because you know he's going to find it eventually. Like, it might, might be the Stanley Cup. Maybe he's dealing with some little injury, you yeah. know, this time of year. You never know. Girlfriend when pushed him down like the stairs. Under, <laughs> the clap. You never know. Yeah. And the bubble. <laughs> no idea down. what's creeping up. They can knock me. Before we move off the West, though, I did want to say so Vegas, any second guessing playing Leonard? Over Flurry or any of their sort of big lineup decisions, or do you think Leonard was still the right call? They just they just got outplayed. I'm I'm with the latter there. I, I Leonard was not the issue. I mean, he made he made some of 
saves the playoffs, quite yeah. frankly. He did that and one glove save. He came across. That was amazing. Like, and, and when I watched the games, it wasn't, oh, these are weak goals coming in. It was, it was more everything else. They just couldn't – I think it was you that mentioned it. They just couldn't score enough goals. Yeah. And Dallas is such, such a pain in the ass to play against. Yeah. They're just in front of every shot. They're always back. Uh, they clog up the fucking neutral zone. They're like it's, that. They're the, the, the men's league team you absolutely hate to play against. They, yeah. like, they always are back there. Yeah. And they're always back checking. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think word got out. I think I saw complete hockey news on Facebook said that Leonard has a deal sort of lined up, but they haven't signed it yet. I don't know if you saw anything about that. I heard some of those rumors that. too, yeah. With uh, Vegas. With Vegas, yeah. With yeah. Vegas. Extension, five year deal, supposedly 25 mil, I think. Yeah, I, mean, I hadn't seen any numbers. I just and you know, Flurry was three and one in the playoffs. He had a uh, .91 save percentage, two point two seven goals against average. Leonard was nine and seven, uh, not .917 save percentage and one point nine nine goals against average. So Leonard has the better statistics, right? Uh, winning percentage, not necessarily. There, you know, I thought. When Flurry was in and he didn't have the greatest game he lost, I knew I had a feeling they were going to go back to Leonard, and they did. And I thought maybe there they'd get a spark out of Flurry, the veteran presence. Um, but I don't think goaltending ultimately lost this series for them. See, the only argument I would make against it, and I do think Leonard was not necessarily the wrong call, but the Stars I think won because of Anton Hudobin. He was one of the reasons they won. And the Vegan Gold, the Golden Knights needed at least one of those games, Leonard to be the reason that they to won. To steal a game. To steal yeah. a game. And he didn't do that. And Fleury's kind of been a guy that throughout his career has shown that he can be that guy to come in, be acrobatic, and steal a game. So if you're looking at, okay, we need a guy that's going to, we're going to be the re- he's going to be the reason we're going to win. Flurry might be the guy over Leonard in that situation. Now, of course, we're looking back at it 2020 and all that. Maybe it would have been completely or exactly the same even if Flurry was in there. But I mean, the only game he played in this series, game one, they lost one nothing. Like, he played really well in that game. <laughs> he did. Yeah. They just yeah. couldn't score. It's worth noting that uh, four of the five games in that series were one goal games. And the only, oh, they were all close. The only game that wasn't a one goal game is the game that the Knights won. Yeah. Uh, so, to your point, yeah, maybe. One save here, one save there could have been the difference maker. Yep. And I mean, I, I obviously we don't see these guys in practice, so you know, I trust Peter DeBoer and like what he's seeing from day to day. But a big part of me is looking also at that experience. I mean, I know that Flurry wasn't the starter of the past two cups per se, although two cups ago, I mean, he played a significant more of a significant role than the third cup. But I don't know. Just given all of the experience and the kind of regular season he had prior. I personally would have given him that, given him that game, but yeah, I mean Leonard didn't play poorly. So yeah. and when we're talking, we were talking about Miro Heiskanen coming out party, Theodore on the flip side of Vegas. This whole playoff, oh, I thought, yeah. was his was his uh, coming great. out party. He's good. I mean, he showed that he can play all ends of the ice, and not only that, but like put the goddamn puck in the net. You know, I mean, he, he's, he's got some fantastic hands. He does. Yeah. He, he does an amazing job of finding that shooting lane. Like, yeah. constantly yeah. seeing him give these little subtle fakes and, like, either push or pull that puck to change the angle and get it through. And, like, you know. At is, this, it a, is it a hard T, by the way, Teodor? I thought it was Teodor. Pretty yeah. sure. They got to him through the uh, expansion draft. 
from Anaheim, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think that was they traded him. Anaheim they traded him. Said space. that they would take somebody else or whatever. But uh, I'm blanking on the name. But yeah, they were trying to dump. Vegas South. has one of my favorite Twitter accounts, and I'll give those guys props. They acknowledged how big of a ups. Not yep. upset, but uh, how defeating it was, and they had high hopes for this year. I think their immediate tweet after the game, and they kept it up, was just the word. It's just one word, pain. <laughs> ah, we suck again! <laughs> <laughs> All right, back out to the east. Yeah. Tampa 4-2 over the Islanders. I mean, I think, you know, did anyone... I don't think many people picked the Islanders. I thought the Islanders did a pretty good job of stretching the series. Yeah. They're down three one at one They're point. Good hockey team. They are. They're a much better hockey team than I think a lot of people probably give them credit. But you know, again, this is Tampa. Some high, high expectations and hopes for this roster. Yeah. So not uh, not terribly surprising, right? No, but I thought they uh, they did a good job making it a series, and they they showed that they're going to be a problem in the next couple of years, man. Yeah, they're going to be a problem because they play the right way, and um, not only that, but some guys really stepped it up. I thought the the the, the deal paid off in spades. Um, you know, in the off season, they brought in um, Varlamov. Yep. And it didn't look like he was going to be beat by anything yesterday. And quite frankly, it had to go off the post and off him to yeah. actually go in the net. Um, but they're going to be a problem. And they got Barry Trotz. They got a great mind behind the bench, man, that, 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 that proven they can get teams there. But it was a great series. Yeah. Uh, after last night's game, I saw Ryan McDonough talking about, uh, I think Pierre Maguire asked him, like, so what did you learn about your team this year as compared to last year and getting over the heartbreak and all that stuff? And he's like, you know, uh, it's just the patience that this group has. It's big because the Islanders are a very, very good team, extraordinarily well coached, very disciplined, and you have to be patient and you have to have trust in your game plan that you're finally going to break through. Because we've seen, well, we saw it last year when the Islanders smoked the Penguins. The Penguins didn't play with patience. They wanted to keep trying to, you know, uh, force it. Yeah, force it or sort of cheat your way through and not just being that that patient group that you have to be against a team like New York. Right. And Tampa was like, no, we stick with our game plan. We'll finally do it. Just we can't cheat. We can't have guys up ice because they're going to counterattack us to death. We got to take our time doing it. And that was the big thing. But as you said, Cus, you got to give full credit to the Islanders and how good they they played this whole run, but especially uh, against Tampa because it was a lot of close games. Yeah, I mean, it's when you're Tampa, it's tough to play, I feel like, a series against a team like the Islanders where they're just such a well-oiled machine in terms of how they play the game, their systems. Uh, there aren't many flashy players on the Islanders, right? With the exception of Barzol, Barzal and Eberle. Maybe um, Beauvillier. You okay. know, uh, the captain, Lee, yeah, Bailey. But these aren't... They're not flashy. Yeah, they're yeah. flashy. These they're, aren't they're talented, but not yeah, flashy. Yeah, these are de- these are good players, but you know it's a system there, and they play that system really well. And uh, like you said, Tampa had to be patient. They Tampa has everything. They have a really really good goalie. They have a they absolute yeah. stud defenseman, yeah. maybe the best best defenseman in the NHL, and they have some really talented forwards, and one of whom isn't even playing right now. Which is wild. Yeah, I mean... Scary to think, actually. Yeah. yeah. So they have they have it all, and, and to your point, 
you know, this is that series that you're kind of scared of because you know you're the better team, but you have to play against a team that plays a system kind of a game. Uh, you have to be disciplined. And Tampa kind of won in all different ways. They won big. They won by six goals. And then two, and then they won by a goal in double overtime. Yeah. I think. Yes. Yeah, the last two games went to overtime. Um, so kudos to them for getting it done, especially after last year. Yeah. You know, so probably some pressure there. Oh, uh, shit. Yeah. Playing Columbus again. Uh-oh. And... This team's firing on all cylinders. Both of these teams, Dallas and Tampa, are playing well, and uh, it's good. it's it's a great Stanley Cup final. It's I think it's going to be awesome. I'm really I mean we're we're going to get to that in our predictions, but I think it's going to be a really exciting uh, Stanley Cup final for sure. Yeah. Hopefully, it goes the distance. Yeah, Maddie, you touched on it. Vasilevsky has not been because Tampa Bay is so good everywhere else. I feel like he's not getting the recognition that he deserves right now. Because he could very easily be named uh, get the Conn Smythe yeah. by it's, the end of it. Yeah, I mean, what's crazy is the amount of Russian talent that has stepped up in these playoffs. Varlamov was awesome. Vasilevsky, uh, Kucherov, awesome. Radulov's played really well. Kudobin. Kudobin. Like, these guys are all stepping up to the plate and, and performing. Yeah, I thought this before last night's game that the three goalies that were still playing were all Russian. And the highest paid Russian goalie has been out for weeks. Bobrovsky. Bobrovsky. But Vasilevsky's not far behind. But I think uh, I think you said what the deal starts next year. Yeah. And I think he's like nine point five or nine million or something. So don't worry, he's doing pretty okay in the bank account. Any idea where Quadobin's at? Is he on a end of these? No, he's one more year, I think. No, I'm pretty sure he's up actually at the end of this year, and he'll be unrestricted. Just kind of fascinating for a guy that's never been a starter. What kind of money is he going to fetch? Especially if he were to bring home a couple. Well, after this run, I think he's uh, going to get a nice bump because I could definitely see one of those teams desperate for goaltending, like Edmonton or something like that, giving him a decent contract. Quick little tangent here. Do you think we're going to see more teams kind of take this goalie tandem system? Is that going to? Be, yeah. I know we've talked about this before. I think. But so. I know Trotz has actually come out publicly and talked about that more. Uh, and you're just seeing teams in general now, like even their back, their quote unquote backup is making three, four. I think even one team might have one guy making five mil a year, which is crazy talk if you when you uh, typically think of how you right. spread your cap money around. Yeah. You think that's going to be? continue to be part of it? I think so, because I feel like most of the, I don't know, analytics are showing that it's not good for a goalie to start 70 games a year or even like 60. You probably want a more in the 50 range or something like that. So Montreal, who's paying Carey Price $10 million, just traded for Jake Allen. So they're going to be spending, I think it's $14.5 million on goaltending. Now, granted, that's probably not a great use of cap space, but they have it right now, and they're like, you know what? We need somebody that can step in and get us a win whenever Carey's not in the net. They've been calling Matt Schwartz to come play on their third line. <laughs> they, they might struggle up there a little bit. <laughs> hey, no offense there, Matty. <laughs> they know they only can play one at a time, right? Because I feel like their tr- their struggle is not so much defensively. I think they need to start scoring some goals. But oh, yeah, for sure. Neither here nor there. But I, I agree that more teams are going to, to more. I think the days of... Martin Brodeur playing seventy-five games are done. You know, you're not you're not you're not going to see that anymore. I think the tandem is going to stick around, and I think they're proven why it's effective. You know, coming in fresh, 
um, being able to play play the hot hand, so to speak. I think all that stuff's important. I think it is sticking around. Yeah. Well, boys, uh, talked about the series. Wanted to go with a little different direction. We'll call this chirp sesh. Uh, and like it's it? just three t- three tweets that I found that I thought were somewhat interesting that we will go through sort of rapid style. And Kyle, you're wearing your Buffalo Sabres uh, t-shirt from fourth grade. I did. Uh, <laughs> That's just that fog, father figure filling it out. Man. Yeah. Anyways, the Sabres uh, made a trade with the Minnesota Wild this week. They traded Marcus Johansson for Eric Stahl straight up. Uh, and one of my favorite Twitter hockey analysts, Dmitry Filipovich, tweeted, Paul Fenton had this trade saved in the drafts and Bill Guerin pressed send by accident. And for reference, Paul Fenton is the former GM of the Minnesota Wild, now scout for the Columbus Blue Jackets, uh, for anyone who doesn't know that name. I kind of, I, I agree with Dimitri on this one. I was a little uh, surprised by this move. I mean, Stahl has been having some good years. He's won a cup. I feel like he's a guy right now that you would want on your roster as like some uh, you know older leadership. And I think he'd be great in, I think it's exactly what Buffalo lacks right now. I think they have some really good talent, but a lot of young talent that I think, uh, let's just say, could use a guy like this in the locker room. Yeah, that's the reason I actually dug this Sabre shirt out of the bottom of the t-shirt pile today, was because I like the deal for Buffalo. Uh, They've been searching for a number two center to play behind Jack Eichel for a couple years now, and they were hoping it would be maybe like Sam Reinhardt. He's shown he can't really get it done in the middle. Uh, Casey Middlestad was a guy that, I remember being a stud, for Team USA for the World Juniors yeah. and really thought he'd be good but hasn't been able to put it together in the NHL thus far. So, yeah, I think it's great for them picking up Eric Stahl. And Marcus Johansson's a good player, and I think they even tried him at center, but he's definitely more of a winger in the NHL. So, yeah, good move for Buffalo. I like it. Yeah, is Jason Bonnerell still making nope. it? he's out. They, they, so this was the new GM? Yeah, this was Kevin Adams. Okay, well, yeah, that makes sense. Both players in the last year of their deal – uh, everyone spoke glowingly of Stahl and his time at Minnesota. Uh, apparently a great guy. Johansson, that's kind of, I guess, the point of the tweet. Yeah. You know, last Johansson, year of his deal, the tweet was, you're man. trading away one of, your, one of your leaders in the room. I don't know. Anyways, next tweet from Arthur Staple. And he tweeted, Stahl trying to process how Adam Pellick Played almost 32 minutes and gave game five with a broken wrist that needs surgery. Uh, looking back at that game in game five, uh, Pellick's stat line is pretty amazing. He led the Islanders in time on ice with 31 minutes and 59 seconds. He had seven hits, one block shot, and finished the game plus one. And uh, this was his second, second career-ending injury or second season-ending injury of the season. He previously hurt his Achilles, but then with the lapse in time wow. because of COVID, he was able to come back, and yep. now he needs surgery for this. But hockey tough, gentlemen. Now, he, he didn't know that before the game. Is that like a... No, that happened very early in the game. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Sustained a wrist injury that will require surgery. Yeah. Yeah. Big old, big old set of bags between his legs, you know? I'd say. I mean, all these guys are fucking warriors. Like, all of the... Injuries that comes out at the end of every run when you're talking about, oh, yeah, so-and-so was playing through sprained knee, a broken rib, uh, this wrist bone was fractured, whatever the hell it happened to be. 
Like, those guys do not want to come out of the line, no matter what. You ask anybody on the, their arm could be hanging off. It's like, you okay to go? Yeah, I'm fine. I don't need that arm. But, uh, that's for sure. Don't skip I'm my good. shift. <laughs> it's definitely one of the things that I love most about hockey and playoff hockey. And I know we glorify like the toughness and there are some softies out there that don't appreciate that. And it's one of those things that I think the cancel cancel culture is looking to like expose and be like, why, why do we need to uh, glorify and encourage people to play hurt? They're injured because I have a set of balls and I want to keep playing. Yeah, <laughs> and I and I, if some guy the team needs can me. be hurt and play better than the alternative and wants to come on. It's That's one what, unique aspect of hockey that an NHL playoff hockey that I really really love and enjoy, and I particularly love when a team uh, loses and then like the next day they have their list of injuries and they're like, yeah. this guy needs surgery. This guy had a broken thumb. This guy. He's good knee surgery. I love that shit. And uh, pretty impressive stuff that he led the team in ice time when he sustained a season-ending injury early on in the game. Dude, that, that's what fucking winners do. Yeah, That's what winners do. You want to show your kid what it takes? I'm not saying, hey, break your kid's wrist, make him play a soccer game or something. <laughs> but at the same time, like the commitment. No, make him go to boxing class later. Break <laughs> yes. his wrist. Yeah. Break his wrist and then, you know. Slap around a little. Uh, one of my favorite replies to his tweet that we actually posted with on, on social, and that's one of the things that I love about Twitter, but some guy responded that uh, he's still trying to figure out, I'm trying to process how a Major League Baseball player gets hurt putting on pants. And apparently that's a true story, that some guy hurt himself putting on pants in the Major Leagues. Yeah. yeah. Right, some pitcher I think putting his pants on, ripped a nail off, or some bullshit. Something I don't know. Yeah, out for the season. There's a lot of fat asses in baseball. Let's be honest. <laughs> so there's some big pants. All right, guys. Last tweet comes from the NHL on NBC Sports. Uh, they tweeted: The Stars didn't touch the Clarence S. Campbell Bowl, and the Lightning did touch the Prince of Wales Trophy. Just kind of giving some info there. Uh, do you guys see any relevance to whether a team touches or does not touch the conference winning trophy? I mean, statistically, it would say that there's absolutely no relevance. And I think touch the trophy. You've earned it. Just go ahead and pick it up. Don't go fucking bananas, but celebrate <laughs> a little bit and, you know, be happy that you've accomplished this great thing of being the last team standing from your conference. Because I believe it was... Uh, when the Penguins went to the Cup Final in 2008, they did not touch it. And then whenever they went back in 2009, uh, right when it was getting towards the end of the Eastern Conference Final, I believe it was Lemieux that actually said to Crosby, it was like, in 91-92... Oh, no, I'm sorry. I thought you were going to go somewhere else. Go oh, on. I'm sorry. But I think uh, Lemieux said to him, it was like, when we won in 91 and 92, we celebrated the hell out of that Prince of Wales trophy. That's an accomplishment. And then we celebrated the holy hell out of the Stanley Cup afterwards. So pick it up. And if I'm not mistaken, too, I think he asked Garrett of, like, what do you think? And he was like, well, did you touch it last year? And he's like, no. He's like, well, how'd that work out for you? Yeah. Didn't win the Cup, did you? He's like, let's pick it up. Yeah. And I'm with you. I mean, I get it, the idea of, like, this isn't what we play for. But pick it up. Take a picture. Don't celebrate. Like, you and I hate when the baseball teams, when they, like, like The champagne in the locker room. Yeah, after like, they, like... Making the playoffs. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, champagne in the locker room after just making the playoffs. That's ridiculous. No. But, you know, like, I, I'm with you. You won the trophy. You can at least pick it up. Take a picture. Move yes. 
Yeah. Yes, being adult, it's like parenting. You know, touch your fucking kid once in a while. He'll appreciate Maybe you. Maybe touch the trophy. <laughs> touch the trophy. No, not not inappropriately. Hugs. Okay. But as you, but as you said, kids, uh, since 1997, 11 of the 22 Stanley Cup champions refused to touch their respective conference trophies. So I think that's 50 percent. Wow! Carry the two. Yeah, you did that right. A real Einstein over there. Is that Salisbury <laughs> education, baby? I, I don't care what anyone says about you. What are they saying? It is funny though <laughs> that people they have that conversation and there's that thought of do we touch it? Do we not touch it? Yeah. And I saw on the interweb that this stemmed from Eric Lindros in '97, who decided not to touch the conference final trophy because. Uh, he had concussion. Points. Basically saying we haven't. <laughs> <laughs> basically saying we haven't won anything yet. Uh, and then they got swept by Detroit in the finals. So obviously the right call. But yeah. is that that can't be where it originated from? Because, like you said, Lemieux in ninety one, ninety two. So well, they didn't touch it though. They did. And I think everybody then. touched oh, it. So Lindros was the Maybe first one in ninety seven not, not to touch Maybe. it. But here's my thing: if that's true, it didn't work out for him. So why would it carry on? Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. People are dumb. Apparently, he went to touch it and just fucking missed. <laughs> <laughs> Let me grab it. Oh, actually, you know what? We're not going to touch it. Eric, I just decided we're not touching it, guys. Eric, come stand with me. <laughs> but it is a thing. Quit drooling. And it shows like how fucked in the head hockey players can be. Which is crazy when you think about it. Because, I mean, Lindros and the Flyers, they didn't win that cup. So did, wouldn't you think that superstition would have like started and ended there? But I guess this series coming up I'm with, with it. The Dallas-Tampa series will be the ultimate grudge match here, right? So, transitioning now to the actual Stanley Cup final. What are our thoughts, gentlemen? Predictions? Overall insight? I know it's going to be exciting overall, but what are our feelings? Who wants to go first? I'll take it. I'll take the lead here. Bruce, okay. I, uh, you know... All right. Looking at these lineups going up and down. I know we were... I, I was mentioning this a little bit to Schwartz here on the day. Like, it's just interesting... The top end talent is fantastic on uh, Tampa, but I love the depth on uh, the on Dallas for sure. But I'm gonna bet against Dallas again. And are they gonna put my foot in my mouth? You know, for they the might. fourth time this this playoffs, they very well might. Uh, but I'm going. I'm going That's- Tampa in seven here. I, I just I just think they have too much to throw at them. It's, you know, top number one offense. Um, gonna be too much. You better be too easy with the foot in the mouth talk. We're turning somebody on at the table. <laughs> <laughs> Cops, you wanna go? That's it for a different pod. Y- yes, I do because I'm on board with it. Going to be a fantastic series, but I think what you're going to run into with Tampa Bay is. They're a win-now team. They're absolutely stacked, and they haven't won their Stanley Cup yet. And they've had a couple quick exits, embarrassing exits last year, and they're pissed off, and they're finally in the Cup. They've got a bunch of veterans that haven't been there yet. I think it's finally going to click, and they're going to play like the team that they can be. And I, I, it's going to be a series because Dallas is way better than people give them credit for. But I think overall, uh, Tampa Bay is just going to overpower them, even even without Stamkos. I, I'm taking Tampa in six, and um, I think Vasil, you're going to see Vasilevsky really 
prove what everybody else knows if you've been watching Tampa Bay right now is just he's his biggest reason of anybody else on their roster of why they're where they're at right now. Yeah. I think when you look at both these rosters, I think there's no question that Tampa Bay is the more talented team. I mean, we've talked all year about just how stacked they are from top to bottom. They've got offensive skill. They have depth. They have great defense. They have unbelievable goaltending. But for Dallas, they've been the underdog and probably the less impressive roster the last couple of rounds. I mean, against Vegas and also against Colorado, you look at that and you're like, all right, well, this doesn't match up. They're, They're the worst of the two teams. But Dallas has shown that they can be greater than the sum of their parts. That being all said, though, Cus, I think you you made a good point that Tampa has learned some tough lessons. And I think last year was a really big one. And they've not taken any step or any team for granted. They know that they have to bring it every night. They can't just depend on skill. They also have to outwork their opponent. And I think Tampa, this is their cup. And I think Lightning in five. Oh, quick one. That's strong. Yeah. Strong pick. Love it. Like the decisiveness. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate it. You didn't stutter or anything. It was great. <laughs> I agree that I think Tampa has the better roster top to bottom. I think they have the best forward in Kucherov. They have the best defenseman in Hedman and the best goalie in uh, whatever the hell his name is. And I think John Cooper is probably the better coach. Uh, but I think Dallas has a lot more uh, intangibles to play for. Uh, they have Rick Bonus, who everything, everyone I think is rallying behind. Dobby, the goalie, who's a great story, and hard to uh, you know see him kind of faltering here. And I think all the guys are playing for him. And Pavelski, I mean, you have a guy that's been in the league forever, has has been here before, has lost, and uh, what? What? Nothing. Keep, keep going. Ultimately, I think those intangibles, the Dallas Stars locker room is a, uh, those guys are a tight-knit group. I think they're going to rally behind the troops. I see this series being a great one like you guys do, and I see it going long, back and forth. Game seven, I'm taking the Stars. Oh, that's why we're green today. (laughs) Wow. But I'm sure we can all agree that these are two teams. It's not like we're seeing fucking the Panthers versus the Hurricanes or... That wouldn't happen because those both those. <laughs> but you know, Crazy, a series you can get pumped up about, and a series that we'll watch. Yeah, actually, I am glad that it's Tampa and not the Islanders in there because oh, I just God, think their terrible. brand of hockey, and yes, it's very effective, but it's not as exciting as what Tampa brings to the table. So I'm glad we're seeing Tampa Dallas instead of Islanders. Dallas and the Dallas. Islanders. It would have been like. A- Goddamn crochet competition. <laughs> Random thought. I wonder how uh, much effect this will have on some of the local youth hockey. Like, is will this have a... You know, Tampa's been good the past couple of years, but now they're actually back in the cup finals. Uh, Dallas hasn't been there for a minute. You know, does this uh I think you'll see things? a bump. Yeah. Oh, the one thing we've failed to mention is this is Dallas. I feel like this is their opportunity to win a cup. Uh, without any crazy controversy, right? They have one cup in franchise history, but that was based on Brett Hall's overtime goal with mm-hmm. his toe in the clearly in the crease that everyone would love to argue, right? I thought they had two cups. No, they don't have two cups, do they? Someone if no, they if, don't. They do not. I'm hmm. com- I'm pretty confident. Dummy. Okay. Dummy. God. Man, someone should make a trivia show. Man, <laughs> just ripping on Kyle. They, 
they went there. They've been they to went, the cup final. Yeah, they went to the cup finals, finals yeah. the year after and lost. Two? New Jersey. No. Actually, it is New Jersey. I'm gonna stick with that. Anyone wanna look it up? I <laughs> get <laughs> the fucking answer! Have it ready! I don't know why. Oh my god. <laughs> Producing a show. Producing <laughs> <laughs> a show. Harden! Well, gentlemen, if you say so. <laughs> Before we. I'll look it up. Keep but I do it. think that youth hockey will see a, uh, a noticeable jump in these markets. Already, the Tampa market has yeah. some really good hockey. Uh, I think that Dallas is definitely a little step ahead. I feel like I've heard before that um, the Stars actually own the rinks in their market. And I feel like they're like the Dr. Pepper Centers or something like that. And they have almost a dozen rinks. Now, granted, mm. Dallas is an enormous city. Uh, but Tampa just had a new rink built in Lakeland, Florida, uh, that looks awesome. Double sheet facility. Mm. They have a beautiful facility in Brandon, Florida. And I feel like more players are are beginning to play there. It's not the go-to sport in the area, given the weather, but I, you could see a lot more players picking it up, especially if they have some deck hockey rinks, yeah, uh, where it's just kind of easy to pick up yeah. a, a stick and a ball and give it a try. Yeah. If you're not, yeah, if you don't die from COVID down there, you're going to be a hell of a youth hockey player. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. All right, before boys, before we wrap it up, you wrap it up. <laughs> Weekly picks time. I better double wrap it. I don't know where that girl been. <laughs> For our listeners, download the Hockey Players Club app. Not only the easiest way to play the weekly picks game, but also you can connect with all of our other awesome members and even uh, find some great content and all your hockey news from like the best sources on the internet in one spot. Or if you prefer using your computer, hockeyplayersclub.com backslash weekly dash picks. Make some predictions. You can win free gift cards to the HBC, or even some a sick X1X graphite hockey stick or carbon fiber hockey stick. Excuse me. Uh, and the prize pack for the playoffs is looking pretty good, boys. And I was in the lead until like a day or two ago. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. <laughs> pretty good, right? Uh, I am a point out of first, you got it. first place in weekly picks right now, boys. But I'm coming for number one. Not looking so good though this past week, You'll I must blow say. It. I'll You'll probably blow it. you know blow in the playoffs. I'll be honest. <laughs> knowing my weekly picks record, I'll probably blow it. But <laughs> Custer, I'm coming to you first. We've got to place three predictions before we wrap up the show. Who's winning game one, brother? Dallas uh, Stars or Tampa Bay? I'm glad you came to me first, Brendan, because Brendan. 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 Because <laughs> I'm a trendsetter. Uh, <laughs> You're something. Uh, Tampa Bay. Matt. That's it. I have Dallas winning game one, uh, two to zero. I think that they've been out of action for a little bit. They're well-rested. They're going to be a hungry group, and uh, they're going to come out flying. See, I think sometimes in the playoffs you can have – it's the question of rest or rust. And I think maybe it'll be a little rusty after a couple of days off, so I went Tampa. I'm going Tampa as well. By the way, you guys heard Kudobin will just ride the cart with the boys when they go golfing, apparently. I've been hurting his off days. He isn't golf. But he Those goes, guys are golfing out yeah. there? At Edmonton, yeah. They, a part of their bubble situation. Oh. Where the I, hell have you I don't pity those guys at all. <laughs> Where the hell have you been? That sounds like the greatest time ever. <laughs> play hockey, go golf. I thought they were in a hotel. Dude, you can play endless tummy sticks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really concerned about that. 
But if I were one of those guys, you're telling me I get to play golf every day. Sorry, honey. I don't think Stuck it's Stuck in the bubble. We won, we won. Babe, we won last night. No, yeah, I saw it on the I saw it on the news. You lost. No, we won. Total fake news. Fake news. We got a stake in the Wonder if they uh, have policies on not playing the day of the game. I think they, Michael Jordan. I would think so. I don't think they can We're play hundred grand think, on the hole. Yeah. I think it's only like during certain off days they reserve a course, keep everybody else off it, and just send the team. Well, I'm pretty sure – I thought there was a course dedicated to the bubble. I thought that was part of the sales pitch. I know that was like part of Edmonton's I don't, I don't know if they have a I thought there necessary. was a particular club that was like, these guys have access to it. That's it, badass. So. I, it might be. I'm I pretty know. sure that – either way. Doby apparently is just – he doesn't play, but he wants to be with the boys, so he just rides around the golf in the uh, golf cart, Whatever. which I think is awesome. Anyhow, it is I can get behind that. We're not going home. We're going golfing. <laughs> <laughs> Schwartz, you already basically answered the uh, three-point question. How many goals will be scored? You said it's going to be a two-nothing victory from Dallas. No so scoring. you're going one to three. The other options being four to five and six plus. <coughs> Kittleberger, where are you going? Uh, I think four to five. Nice, like three-two game. Cuss? I'm going a little bit low scoring. Like Matt over here, I think uh, the teams are going to take this game. One's going to be a little bit feeling out, going to be a little nervousness. Stanley Cup, one to three. So I think overall, this is going to be a little bit higher scoring <coughs> series. Even though Dallas, I know they've been playing very defensive. I just think we're going to see some offense this series. But I think game one, it will be pulling it back a little bit because you know game one nerves are tight or whatever. The game is tight out there. I'm going to say four to five, though. I'm with Kits on this one. Right answer. For five points, though, Kits coming to you first. Who's recording the most points on Saturday? Kucherov, Jamie Ben, Braden Point, Dennis Gurionov, or Yanni Gord? Guy's been a stud all playoff long. I think they've only, when he hasn't been in the lineup, I think they've lost every time. Uh, hopefully he's healthy for game one, ready to go. Braden Point. Point. Yeah, and you would think so, right? He did finish uh, game six. Yeah, he played so the you last would think game. he played game he's still one. okay. Cuss? Uh, I don't need to expound on it here, but Braden Point. Schwartzy. I'm going with the 23 year old from Tolyati, Russia, <laughs> the 12th overall pick. What year did he get drafted? Of okay. the 2000 and I believe <laughs> he doesn't have 15. <laughs> 2015 first round pick, 12th overall, Denis Gurionov, the emerging star of the Dallas Stars. I think he's going to have a goal, and I think that's going to win it. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to Kita Kucherov. I know that's uh, one of the safer picks, but he has just been, I don't know, these past handful of games, I feel like he's dominating the play out there. The puck is constantly. Uh, in his possession, or he is dictating it in some way. So, And like Goriana, you have to like that their power play runs through him. Yeah, never hurts. Which is right. a good point producer. Yes. Can be. It, it can be. And going back to the Stamkos idea, can you imagine that power, that power play? Tampa's power play has not been as good as Dallas's in terms of percentage, but their power play is yeah, who do they pretty have damn strong. Over in the Stamkos spot right now. Oh, why do you got to do that to me right now? Is it? Is it? Uh, it's using, a lefty. It's definitely not a righty. Are they using point there? No, points in the middle. No, points in the Kucherov's middle. Kucherov's the shooter is it left Killorn? side. 
Could be Kalorn. Could be Kalorn. I think it is. Who's in front? I think it's Kalorn. Palat's in front, right? Yeah, I think you're right. Palat plays goal line, makes that pass up to Braden Point. Like Kucherov will go goal line. Yeah, Palat, Palat will go up the point. Love had been on that power play. Definitely. He is yeah. so but good at that But if you put spot. Stamkos on that shooter side, on that umbrella, holy Look shit. Look out, Loretta. And rumor has it, they're not totally uh, saying he couldn't come back. What, what is yeah. it? I, I'm, I forget exactly what his injury is, but yeah, they haven't said for sure that he's out for the cup finals the way that they have been along the way. So wouldn't that be hell of a story of like it's, Two games to two, and then all of a sudden, game five, here comes Stamco suiting up. Like, that would be sweet. It does make me wonder, though. Like, I know these guys are insane athletes, but if this guy hasn't played in this long, do you really throw him in the mix in the Stanley Cup finals like that? I know he is more talented than most of the other guys are going to touch that ice, but. Are you really going to be able to like step into that speed and physicality after not playing hockey for? I mean, the guy hasn't played a full contact hockey game in what Since eight February ten or months? Like, like it's. I, I know he's one of the best. He's you still got to put him up as one of the best shooters in the entire NHL. But yeah, yeah. And then you put him potentially on a power play where it's in the most one of the most critical spots on the ice. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, if it was the big guy. If it was Lemieux or Crow, I mean, you would want your team to do that. So yeah, I think that they would be comfortable no. doing that. With no you. question. If he's if he's healthy to go, you put him in there. Do you know if he's skating in practice? Actually, I'm not sure. I don't know. Well, Cricket, crickets. <laughs> Boys, Boys we, it's uh, it's awesome that the Cup Finals are starting. I think it's going to be a good one tomorrow night. It's going to be a great final. I, I really. Excited. You know, at this point, you got to be. You're pumped that the NHL went through with this. You know, people yeah. sec- kind of second guess them. It's been great hockey. I yeah. mean, you yeah. know, you're right. I agree with you with what you were saying in the previous pod. Not the same atmosphere. There have been some goals. No. Like the guy scores, and they like just like turns to his buddy. He's like, ah, that's yeah, the one great. Ben goal. Yeah, it was like game winner in the third period. He looked like he'd been there it four was, times before. Yeah, like not nearly the emotion they would normally have. But that said, I thought it's been a pretty damn good product out of the NHL. Agreed. No, I agree. Yeah. It's been I, fun to watch. And, and props to them for another successful round of testing without any positive cases. Yeah. yeah. Yep. They locked that shit down. You're not sneaking people in there in Dallas Stars gear. No. No, they're not. No. They're not. But but uh, I'm looking forward to it, and I tell you what, I'm not missing the fans. I, I, when I'm watching that game, I don't think about it. I miss a little bit. Well, there aren't many thoughts going through that head, so it's not really saying that. On that note, you're absolutely right. <laughs> Let's raise to killing a few more brains out, ladies and gentlemen. Good uh, Hey, we'll see everybody else when we regroup after the Stanley Cup and sit back and enjoy what should be a fantastic final. Thanks for finding us.